Hey everybody, thanks for hopping on here. Michael here. We got our good buddy Trent Marsh on this episode from Spy Point Cameras. Trent's going to walk us walk us through common mistakes everybody makes on using trail cameras, why cellular cameras run into so many problems, and what you can do to make your cameras work better. This is a must listen if you use cellular cameras or any trail camera really. Check it out. You're listening to the Backwoods Life Podcast. Hold on, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Up at four in the morning, put the tires in the clay. Back to where the deer and the antelope lay. between you and the wild. All right, everybody, for those watching on YouTube and around the world and listening on every podcast medium throughout this planet, it is the Backwoods Life Podcast. I'm Michael Lee. I have the Lone Ranger. Missing in action, man. Kevin Knighton back live here. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Michael, let me be a part of this thing again. <laughs> well, what happened was I was bad about doing these things. I kept forgetting about doing them. I messed, me and Kevin, we'd do them, and then we would never be on the same page. And we just stopped doing it. Then I started doing it, and then I realized there's this thing called technology that I'm supposed to know about. And we figured out, you know, we, we caught up with 2010 on podcast mm-hmm. in 2022. Mm-hmm. So we were those guys. Uh, now we recorded these things on Zoom so that you, literally we figured out this past weekend when Kevin and I were at the Iowa Deer Classic, which we had a great time, by the way. We did not die in a tornado. And I don't, I'm not joking with that because some A little closer did. than we expected. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was terrible. Like I feel very bad for the people affected by that. It, it was, it was hairy for a minute, but we did realize that everybody in the world has a podcast, so we need to step our game up. And, Kevin, that's why we have our distinguished guest today, because we needed to step our game up. Mr. Trent Marsh, who has been a longtime friend of ours for probably close to a decade now. With more, than. Yeah, more, more than. More than. More than a decade. Yeah. We're older than crap. Yeah. So so welcome, Mr. Marsh, to, to the fiasco. Uh, we, we are honored to have you in our presence today distinguished is not the adjective typically used in my presence, but I will take it since this is the family program. <laughs> yeah. I, we, I don't click the explicit rating on our uh-huh. podcast. Yeah. So we, nope. we try to keep it PG. Kevin's mom and grand and uh, dad may listen to it. So I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I, I get that. I, I do the same thing on ours since I have shameless self-promotion just taking over hosting the spy point podcast i also try to keep it family rated just in case so yeah no we're, we're fine there well that and you know my little girl might watch this thing and no need for her to sit at the dinner table quoting trent marsh from a podcast you know saying something <laughs> that is inappropriate that, that is the last thing we need anybody it's bad enough that my children quote me we don't need anybody else's doing the same so yeah that's, that's wise I can only imagine what Trent's kids' first words were. I can only imagine. It wasn't their first, but they are <laughs> verbose. They have a very robust vocabulary that can be deployed without warning, but appropriately and with the correct tone and tenor uh, for a, a four coming five-year-old. And that's where we'll stop that conversation. <laughs> I, I will say if nothing else in this podcast, Trent is one of the best articulating people, and, and, and 
he, he's going to I'm, I'm make his head swell up. But Trent probably is one of the smartest people we know, Kevin. Like, he really is. He's an intelligent dude. He educates himself to the nth degree on, on whatever he's involved with. So, he is a plethora of information. And see, I've already started talking like him. Especially when it comes to using words of the English language. Trent knows way more about putting that puzzle together than most of the planet. I, uh, I should be in marketing. I should look into it. <laughs> see, see if I can make a go of it. Get into this marketing thing in the outdoor space and see uh, maybe there's a career there. I don't know. Trent, uh, th- th- I don't know why this popped in my head. Maybe because the three of us are sitting here and we're talking and we've all got our, our grown, I call them grown-ass man beards. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, mm-hmm. if you don't have a beard, you're, you know, what did, what did, what did Cy on the duck commander say? If you don't have a beard, you're basically uh, a woman or a child. <laughs> huh? So with that being said, randomly off, uh, off topic, what percentage of the outdoor industry, male percentage, not females, because we don't want to offend female listeners out there. What percentage of males have beards in the outdoor industry? I would at this point probably fifty five percent. I'd set that over under right at fifty five and a half percent. Kevin, well, this weekend at the Iowa Deer Classic, I'd have put that up well above eighty <laughs> percent. That could very well be. I, I, I think I think it's. I, I was I was flirting with like almost ninety percent, and then the I female... see. I don't. I don't think it's that high though. But I could be wrong. Maybe really it's a maybe wrong. it's a geographical location thing and and what trade show you're at. That might be more that, more accurate. That could I mean ATA I don't think we saw 90% beard That's coverage. True. It's a little more I, I agree. But Iowa we saw 95%. That that could very well be. Well, and the other thing too, you know, since we already established the fact that we are well older than dirt and that that we can go back into the wayback files. Um, you know, I want to be on record as saying that I was bearded and, and the three of us were bearded long before, uh, you know, there was quite the clamor that there is now. So I think, uh, I think it's safe to say that the three of us are trendsetters and that the rest well, of the industry is just trying to catch up with us. Um, well, I don't know. I have to a little bit slide myself out of that category. Cause you could grow a beard, you know, like a Viking, whereas, Michael had to encourage me to grow a beard because me and Luke Combs had to work together to grow a full one because it's uh-huh. pretty thin a little patchy, on the sides. A little patchy, yeah. It happened. I, I'm I'm overdue for a trim at the moment, and I've been trying to keep it a little tighter here lately anyway because you don't even need the high-res cameras to see all that gray creeping in in that general vicinity. And that, I, I don't want to talk about that. That just makes me feel bad. So I, I don't want to talk about that. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice actually how much gray, Michael, you were getting in yours until we played a video from about three or four years ago this weekend and saw how red it used to be. I'll tell you right now, redheads go gray and white faster than anybody on the planet. That's a, that's a, almost a proven fact scientifically. Um, with that being said as well, if, if you're listening to this and you have red hair and you have a red beard, when it gets really, your beard gets really, really dark red, you're on the you better it's over it's a give it's it up about to go green. you're about it's to go right to go over the top it's fixing to go south but i will say this and this is for the anybody listening the chicks dig this shit right here 
the the salt and uh, what yeah. do you call I, it's I call salt it. and pepper when i have it what it, is is yours chili pepper and no it, and salt it, or it's, it's sugar and spice trent sugar, sugar and spice, and spice. <laughs> that seems legit yeah that that seems legit that's <laughs> i well, we just came out of trade show season right so all the the facebook memories and stuff from trade show season and i'm pretty sure i tagged you guys when i posted it because i think one popped up from right at 10 years ago and i think the question i asked was who are these kids because we were both <laughs> looking fresh 10 years ago and uh you know it's uh, the world has aged us just a tick in the last decade or so I will say that Kevin has beaten Luke Combs, which Luke's younger than Kevin, so there's still hope, Luke, if you, you probably never listened to this. But if you do, Luke, you there look at Kevin if you've watched this too. You can see your future in Kevin right now, Luke. <laughs> well, and I got a new barber, you know, it's helping me keep everything trimmed up and looking nice. So let's don't, don't get carried away, Kevin. <laughs> that helps. Go to Amazon, get you some freaking beard clippers, you'll be fine. You don't need a barber for that thing. <laughs> I'm gonna get me <clears throat> I'm gonna get me a sharpie though and start darkening it Filling up a little it in. bit. Yeah, that's that. That's that. That's that. Uh, um, Buzzbus. Uh, what's the old man Buzzbus? God, Mr. I Bill. I wasn't gonna Bill. throw any names out there, but you know. Yeah, Bill Buzzbus. That's, that's what I heard around about him. He carries black sharpies around. That's why that thing looks dark as the inside of a tire all the time. Yeah, he's coloring that thing. I tried that, but that would look really weird, wouldn't it? It's, that's you a, could paint zebra on. stripes in yours. See, I got. I got a silver one I can use right here. I got a black. <laughs> That, that would he, be weird. Yeah. He see now I'll, I'll kick a hornet's nest. We just saw Coach K lose his last game at Cameron Indoor, and his hair color has not changed <laughs> in forty years. <clears throat> Natural. While, while we're Natural. just while we're just throwing people under the bus like that, if you there's I won't name any names um, because <laughs> uh, in the outdoor industry. If you watch outdoor TV at all, you'll find out who colors their beard really quick. <laughs> really quick. <laughs> Just throw that out. And, and I'll be honest, there's some people in this industry, I had no idea how old they were until mm -hmm. recently. And it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I guess I could talk about it, but I, I'm not, I don't want to reveal people's ages. I mean, you know, I mean, we don't want to be those guys, but... Right. There, there's there's a husband and wife couple that people watch probably more than any other husband and wife couple out there. They're way older than I thought they were. <laughs> Blew my mind. I, I was meanwhile, thinking, what? Meanwhile, I'm only 30 years old, and all of a sudden I'm looking old. Oh, you look like crap for 30, Kevin. <laughs> Whatever age I am, I'm going on 75. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the first number is it's always going on 75 i'm going I, I look my age i i feel way older than i am physically uh mentally i'm younger than i am and i act depending on who i'm with around way younger than i should so i just throw that out there See, that's a recipe for long life right there, though. And that's, that's part of the reason that now that I'm bearded, you know, it's it's been a good long while. But I can't imagine if if for some reason I take this off, I get carded. <laughs> I go back to getting like it's I'm baby face and it's 
I pretty much live in the same area I went to high school in, and I don't know how many people right in my little area listen to the podcast. So I'll do some bus tossing now. Like I love going to Walmart. I'm within like eight pounds of what I graduated high school at. So I love going to Walmart these days and be like, he got fat. He got <laughs> real fat, real fat. So, you know, to, to, uh, to walk around and see some of the folks that maybe, you know, enjoyed some, uh, extracurricular activities that might have aged them in their teeth a little bit more than they would like. <laughs> I start feeling real good about myself going down to the Walmart or the Aldi or even the gas station and going, you know what? I might be going on 75, but I look a lot better getting there than a lot of these folks do. So, you know, nice little ego boost most of the time when I do have to go out in public and actually uh, deal with folks. I, I, I will say that I think if anybody wants to feel better about themselves, go to Walmart, period. Yeah, I don't care. Absolutely. You could you could be four hundred pounds and morbidly obese, overweight, and go to Walmart, and you probably find somebody that's got you beat. I'm not knocking people in general, but it's fact. You're gonna find someone bigger, dumber, and uglier than you at the Walmart. And that's how Kevin and I met. <laughs> Thanks, people at Walmart. Uh, somebody I'm twice the man I used to be. <laughs> we, were, we were just we were there looking at the closeout camo together in March of uh, <laughs> nineteen and something, and decided, you know what? Let's let's try this TV thing. We, we need a pro staff. That's what we said. <laughs> um, have a yeah. pro staff. Yeah. All right. Well, I digress. We we it's, we we'll, we get, we'll sit here and talk about whatever. Well, that's what you know. You were talking about gray hairs and all them gray hairs getting in your beard. You know, one thing people fuss about causing gray hair is stress. And uh, according to a lot of folks, the trail camera world causes some stress these days. Sometimes. Sometimes. We were talking before we started, and and it doesn't matter what trail camera, if you're listening, what trail camera you use, you're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. Now, it's all about how you attack those problems, how you address those problems, because... You're going to have battery problems. You're going to have memory card problems. You're going to have update problems. There's there's all these things out there. And that's why we want to talk to Trent. Because like I said, we consider Trent a longtime friend. Trent doesn't hold back. He, he'll tell it like it is. And that's, by God, we need way more people like that in this industry to really just tell it like it is. No fluff involved. But for the people out there that are listening, and we're going to use this podcast as a reference to reply back to all these people that say bad things about trail cameras in general. Mm-hmm. Trent, what, what, if, and you can go one, two, three, four, however you want to lay it out there. What, what is some of the most common problems that people have that they can, that it's on them? If they can fix these things themselves, they don't have to get bent out of shape. They don't get to have, get to get mad at a manufacturer. They don't have to destroy customer service lines calling over and over and over. What, what are some things that just, hey, this, do this and you'll be okay? So, so there's a few things and I'll, I'll, I'll preface it, you know, I'll, I'll get some people to stop listening to the answers right off the bat, just to reframe it a little bit, because um, there's a few things to keep in mind. And, and the first one is we're asking a lot, specifically of cellular trail cameras, we are asking a lot of a cellular trail camera. We are essentially taking your phone and we are strapping it to a tree and expecting it to just work 365 days a year my phone that I baby and carry around with me 
has to get restarted and updated and all kinds of other things. So just think about the functionality of what a cellular trail camera is doing and how is it different than your phone? It is taking pictures and it is sending them via the cellular network. And, and that is no, that is no small feat. The simplest flow chart for self-help troubleshooting. And, you know, I'm obviously, I'm going to talk from spy point standpoint, but in truth, it doesn't matter who you're using. This is a good place to start for your cellular trail cameras specifically, but even your non-cells, because the first thing I'm going to talk about is the firmware. Your non-cell cameras have firmware too. You all of a sudden have your battery starts not lasting as long or your photo quality goes down. There may well be a firmware update to help with some of this for even your non-cellular cameras. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. It comes down to 80% of the time, one of three things. It's your batteries, it's your SD card, or it's your firmware. And you can resolve all three all at the same time, super easy. If you have a camera that stops communicating, and I get that it's not super easy and you might be two, five, eight, ten 10 hours away. And I get it. You can't just walk out your back door and it's not right there. I understand that. I understand the frustration. I have that situation too. But the same, the same checklist for troubleshooting should be your checklist for deployment. So the first thing is make sure that you're using good batteries, whether that's a lithium battery pack, whether that's new AA lithium or alkaline batteries, make sure you're using good batteries. Get those good batteries. And, and a quick note on the batteries, understand the lithium discharge curve. Lithium batteries, if you were to put them both in a flashlight, like let's all go back, remember 19 aught and five when everybody had them big D cell mag lights, remember those things? And they would, they, you'd take them out because you didn't want to feed the dog in the dark because you're eight and you're scared of the dark, right? So you carry your mag light out. To, and over time, it starts getting dimmer. That's how alkalines discharge. That discharge curve starts at 100 and then it just starts taper, 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 taper until it's dead. Lithiums don't discharge that way. Lithiums are like, we are good. Good, 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 dead. <laughs> and that's just how lithiums discharge. I'm sure, I mean, you guys using lithium camera, lithium batteries in your cameras a lot of time. You don't get the, uh, it doesn't go three bars to two bars to one bar. You got full battery right up until you don't. So specifically, you're, you're running lithium batteries and you say, well, I looked in my app and it says I'm at 52%. Well, I bet three days ago, it said you were at 100%. Those batteries are dead. Just saying. So start with your batteries. Regardless of what it is, just switch them out. It's just, every, every product you will ever buy, there's the opportunity for there to be a dud in there. Just swap the batteries out for eight new batteries or put in a new rechargeable, whatever the case may be, swap your batteries out, go to fresh batteries. While the camera's off and you're replacing batteries, have a new SD card with you that has been formatted, long formatted, and swap your SD cards out, just to make sure. For some reason, your SD card goes bad while it's in there or, or catches a glitch or a bug. How many times does that happen with your desktop computer? You got to reformat a hard drive or you got to do something like that. Like it's just something you need to do from time to time. And while you have that SD card in your computer and you are doing that long format, hop over to the website, whatever camera manufacturer you have and double check what the latest firmware is. Big misconception about firmware is that as soon as a new firmware comes out, the old firmware stops working. Not true. It's not true. You can be two, three, four, 
in some cases, even more than that, versions of firmware out of date before it actually causes real problems. You might be not getting the most efficient camera performance, but it's still going to be working. But eventually that needs to be updated, whether it's to improve connectivity, whether it's to improve battery life, whatever the case may be. At some point, you're going to reach critical mass, no different than on your phone. How many times do you update your, your phone's operating system through the course of a year? It happens all the time. Once a month, every six weeks, you're updating that. You can only skip it so many times before you start getting notifications. Hey, this app isn't going to function. Hey, this isn't going to work. You're not going to be able to do this. Your cameras are exactly the same way. So run over to the website, check the latest firmware. And if those numbers don't match, everybody's, everybody's protocol for it's a little bit different. But for us, it's literally just downloading a file and then click and drag those over onto the SD card that you just formatted. Now you've got your latest firmware right on there. You put your fresh batteries in, you put your new SD card in. If that has the latest firmware, if you were out of date on your firmware, power it up. 80% of the time, you've just fixed your camera problems just by doing those three things. And that's one of those things that the first time you ever do it, it scares you way more than it ever it would should. after yeah. you actually tried it out and, and tested it. Yeah. No. And that's, it's, you know, I've fully, fully identify, you know, when I, when I got here and, and started trying to educate myself, I was like, oh, okay. And like I said, you do it one or two times, you figure out what that protocol list is. And now that's just, you know, I do that. We're, we're shed hunting. I was out shed hunting this weekend, pulled down a bunch of cameras so that that's what we'll start doing is that that time between the end of deer season because i leave my cameras out year round i think there's a lot of value in having my cameras out year round i don't want them to go up in july and then take them down in december so kind of trent's calendar for camera usage looks like right now is the time of year that as i'm going in and shed hunting especially like in sanctuaries and stuff that we're not going often i'm going to pull those cameras down and i'm going to bring them all in I'm going to clean out the battery compartments. I'm going to take a toothbrush to all of them and just make sure everything's scrubbed up. I'm going to double check the firmware in the app. I'm going to replace all the batteries. I'm going to charge all the lithium batteries. I'm going to update the firmwares. I'm going to long format all the cards. I'm going to pull off whatever I wanted from the card and fire all of them back up, put them on the deck around the bird feeders and make sure that they're all fired up and working and doing what they need to do. And then as I go out turkey hunting or scouting for turkeys, then I'll start taking those cameras back out, putting them in the locations that I need them for spring, whether that be turkey season or as I'm monitoring fawn recruitment for this time of year. And then I'll run those through until about July. July 4th is always a target date for getting all of our stands and stuff moved around. The guy that I hunt with, we're trying to get everything locked in around 4th of July, which means we're generally done by the end of July or the 1st of August. And then we're moving everything at that point from those summer locations. And I'm prepping my cameras for fall on August 1st. So whether it's a rechargeable battery or if I need to put a new set of batteries in, I'm going to start being in the woods on October 1st. All of my cameras will last that August 1st to October 1st. So I'll freshen up all the batteries. I'll double check firmware again because I don't want to touch it once it gets to season. So, you know, the, the old saying, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I'm checking my firmware right now as we're March and April. I'm going to double check my firmware again in August because I know if when I go out there August 1st, everything is updated, it's going to last me through the end of the year. I'm not going to have so many firmware updates from August 1st to January 1st that the camera's going to stop working if I've done what I need to do. 
And by then I'm in the woods. So if I have to change batteries or something like that through the course of the deer season, that's fine. But I can throw some batteries in my pack and not worry about it. I don't have to mess with firmware or anything like that. So um, your, your his, like I said, that's, that's not just a spy point protocol. That's anybody's protocol. And it, you can run into a situation where, you know, you, you buy camera brand X and they work fine for a little while and then they stop communicating and you're not doing this stuff, but well, these cameras are trash and I switched over to somebody else. Man, these are working fine. Well, guess what? At some point you're going to get to the same. You can only not update them for so long. You can only do, I talked to a guy that he, he had used spy point for a good long while and was on facebook and was talking about how great they were and loved them and then one day it just switched and all of a sudden these are junk don't work customer service this and i reached out and i'm like what you everything was good what happened like they stopped working they won't they won't work and and got to helping him looking at it he had some firmware that was two and a half years out of date he had cameras that had worked on old firmware for two and a half years but then it was a spy point problem because he hadn't done his go ahead and don't change the oil in your truck for two and a half years <laughs> and then tell Ford that their truck is trash. And, and you've you been know. driving it every day and got 200,000 miles on it. Right. Yeah. Have 600 apps on your phone and don't update your camera, your uh, phone's operating system for five years and see how long your, your Apple or your Android products can keep working. Like there's, there's just a certain amount of that, that if you just, the first thing is getting into a routine. If you get into the routine of clean it up, check it, if you're doing it every so often, but you know, even you leave your cameras out year round and that's great. And it's, it's good strategy and it helps you be more in tune, but you still need to once or twice a year, just have these dates in the calendar that it's, it's housekeeping time. And you, you make sure that all that stuff is updated. And it's, it's not that there aren't dud cameras, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's laptops, TVs, car, 1% of every man-made product you're going to have issues with, you know, but spy points been, been the most popular cellular truck camera brand over the last, you know, three, four five years for a reason. We got way more spy point cameras out in the woods than anyone else. So there's, yeah, there's more people that have had problems because there's way more people that are happy with them than any other brand out there. Because, you know, when we, my first day on the job was launching that link micro and you talk about a fun first day, like flipping a whole segment of the industry on its ear with a cell camera that retailed at $149. And now you've seen everybody else chasing to try to get to that area. You know, we, we already kind of cornered that market. There's a lot of people using spy point that weren't using cellular show cameras before that, but a lot of people using cellular trail cameras that hadn't used cellular trail cameras before. And there's a learning curve that goes along with that, just like there is going from a recurve to a compound bow, just like there is going from iron sights to use another rifle scope. Like it doesn't matter what the technology is. If you aren't, if you aren't approaching that technology with the, the thought in mind of learning how to get the most out of that technology, you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, I got some history with rifle scopes. You know, I mean, hear me rant about people that don't know how to sight in a rifle properly. Like, it doesn't matter what the product category is. There's best practices and there, there's ways to go about things that just, it's the way that it needs to be done. And just because, well, I've been running trail cameras for 20 years. That's great. Have you been running cell cameras for 20 years? Probably not. Maybe just take a moment to step back. I get it. I throw the instructions away from Ikea too. I, I could put a bookshelf together, but 
just take a minute to figure out how this stuff needs to, needs to work. And again, I cannot emphasize it enough before you try to get a hold of customer service, whether that's spy point or literally anybody else's swap your batteries out. I don't care if they were new out of the box, just try eight new batteries, long format that SD card in a different SD card. I don't care if it was brand new, just long format it and then double check your firmware. If you get your firmware up to date on a long formatted SD card with fresh batteries, I will bet more money than you are willing to that I can get your camera working, even if you say it won't. Well, and a lot of people talking about the firmware, even brand new out of the box. I mean, that camera could have been sitting on a shelf for as long as a year or longer. Right. You may take it out of the box and it already may be two or three firmwares behind. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah, you got no way of knowing, especially, I mean, let's not make it the COVID episode, but we'll talk about supply chain issues, like getting things from manufactured to the stores now, as long as we're having to wait on things to get from one place to the other, like that's only going to exasperate that. Now, I will say though, too, now this is where I'm going to put my marketing hat on, right? Trent's got a solution. Like we introduced the new Flex ATA. And I know you guys were excited about seeing the flex and what flex does at ATA and, and a big part of the reason and the thought process behind how we developed the flex was working on some of the, like, we don't want you to have to do all of these things, but it's, it's a necessary evil of the technology. So how can we modify the technology to try to make this as easy as possible? Like with the new flex, you're going to be able to do over the air updates. So now instead of having to go and check, you're going to get a notification in your app says, Hey, flex camera, three it's eligible for a firmware upgrade you have satisfactory signal and satisfactory battery life would you like to upgrade yes the goal with the flex was to get as close to autonomous cell camera performance as we could is it truly autonomous no because you can't get there but is it you know did we take a lot of this customer feedback and a lot of the feedback from the team a lot of feedback from you know, from our influencers and ambassadors to, to try to see where are the traditional pain points? What can we do to alleviate these pain points? And how can we make it out of the box as simple as possible? And then as simple as possible to maintain over a long time. And that was a lot of what the thought process was behind the flex. And on this little item right here, the cell phone you were comparing to a few minutes ago, you know, a lot of people, the very first time they started it, They went in there and clicked allow automatic updates. And so they don't realize how often this technology Mm -hmm. is actually updating its software. Yep. 100%. I've got mine set up to automatic update because I don't have to worry about it. I mean, like, that's the last thing I want to do is sit there and tap on all my apps and go check for updates. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same way with this Flex camera because that's, I think that's a great uh, segue into how we use trail cameras and in the spy point camp i mean your your goal is not to make anybody's life harder your goal is to make everybody's life easier so that's why you know with the the flex you've got dual sim cards in there that can pull pretty much any cell phone signal if you have it on your property um i've seen um the like the and the new beefed up antennas that are on there you should get a stronger more reliable signal on all of these Mm -hmm. new cameras also from talking with you guys at ATA show, your, your team even went in farther and programmed these things to find the best channel on the signal. Right. So the the flexes 
a couple different things. A, our dual SIM is a true dual SIM. You know, you've got some other dual SIMs out there, but you got to, like, you can pick one. They're sending you two SIMs and you have to choose the one that you want. And if you ever want to change it, then you got to swap them out and call customer service at that company so that you, like, no. Our, the, the flex is multi-carrier auto connectivity. Both SIM cards are pre-installed and pre-activated. So when you go through the boot up process, it's going to check that first SIM card. And if it doesn't find a reliable signal there, then it's going to roll over to the second one and it's going to check for signals there. And it, it should, like I said, if there is a usable signal, it's going to find it on one of the two SIM cards. You know, that, that was another time, another issue where people are running into problems with cell cams is they're not getting the right carrier. You know, if, if you just, if you don't have the best carrier model for your area, then that makes it really tough. But we wanted to take that out of the equation with the flex. Just go buy a flex. It's if there is a usable signal, it's going to find it. And then that new antenna has been tuned and calibrated specifically to the setup of the flex. It wasn't just bolt antenna A onto camera B and ready to go. Like we went through the process of making sure that it was tuned properly to that camera to make sure we're getting the absolute maximum out of that antenna and out of that, uh, that camera. And at the end of the day that, that, you know, you're improving upon all these things. I think a lot of people too, they don't, they they see a cell camera in a store, no matter whatever brand it is, and they just think, oh, I, I've always wanted a cell camera. I want to try these things out. Uh, I want to buy another one, whatever. They look for the best price. You know, I, I think, honestly, uh, from me speaking as a regular guy, the days of guys spending four and $500 on a cell camera are, are dwindling down. You know, I'm not yeah. saying there's not people that won't do that, but especially when you can go buy a spy point for 99 bucks, 129 right. bucks, you know, right. go, go, you're going to make something that maybe, you know, you're not a hundred percent. You just want to try it out. So you're not want to dump, jump that deep in the water. So anyway, you're buying a $99, 129, whatever cell camera, and you're just grabbing what's on the shelf. The, the consumer is not educated enough to go and say, Oh, let me read all about this and say, okay, I have, this has to be on a Verizon tower. Or this has to be right. on, you know, you know, AT and T, whatever, and that's part of it. I, I've I've got guys literally that have called me and said, "Hey, man, I bought one of these cameras, but it's not working." And I'm like, "Well, what's your cell phone provider?" Oh, it's Verizon. Is your you got cell signal? Oh yeah, full signal. What kind of camera did you get? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, this, this says AT and T. Oh, is AT and T good in that area? No. Well, it's probably not going to work. And, and yeah. you've already, you've already committed to it. Then you've already bought the camera and you got out there right. and that, Oh, this is crap. I didn't know that. And, and I get it. It's frustrating. It puts a bad taste in your mouth and it's, but it's not the, any company's fault. It's just user error. That's what this really boils down to. And I'm not trying to insult anybody out there, but when you boil down to it, I'm, I'm impatient as the world is, is round as well. Um, and confirm. <laughs> I'm the guy too, that wants to cut it on and it works. You know, yep. but Kevin, that's why I got Kevin, because Kevin's going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> let me read about this. Okay, we got 63 steps here to make this thing work, Michael. You just need to slow your rolling. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to go out here and mow grass while you make this thing work, and then we'll go put it out. And But you got to be that guy sometimes, you know. I'm, yep. a little, I'm embellishing a little bit, but, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing is people just want things to work. It's the world we live in. We want it right now. We want it to work right now. And – when it comes to technology, it's not always going to be that way, but right. we're trying. 
Well, yeah. and that's, that's one thing I'm really excited about on that flex camera, you know, there for a while, a lot of the cameras, like you could set it up at your house. And if the cell phone, correct me where I'm wrong here, Trent, but if the cell phone signal at your house was different than the cell phone signal four hours away, where you were going to hang that camera that you could run into issues with the, some of the older cameras. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it's one of those deals where depending on your carrier model, you know, if you, especially for these guys that are like, they got an out of state lease and they're not there all the time. They're really just there to hang cameras, hang stands and hunt. So they're not around there often enough to know, okay, well, you know, this part of the farm, you know, you guys lease, we've talked about you guys lease. You got one side of the Creek that's AT and T you got one side of the Creek that's Verizon. Good luck. Like, Oh, you think you got, it's always the same thing. Every time you go hang a camera on a tree, this is the right tree. This awesome. We're going to get a 170 on this in like a week. Just wait. This is awesome. And then like two months later, you're like, I got to move that camera because that location sucks. Like that's just how it works, right? So when you're when you're pegged to a carrier model like that, it makes it a little bit tougher if you've got a finicky farm or if it's a farm you're not familiar with that, yeah, okay, I fired it up and everything worked fine at home because at home, you know, I have a Verizon phone and, and your personal provider isn't tied to where it is, but your personal provider gives you a good idea of what, what your options are for where you're at. So, you know, I've, I have Verizon at home, Verizon strong. I bought a Verizon camera. It worked at home when I turned it on, but then I go to my farm six hours away and Verizon, it's not a good Verizon signal. Well, it's not going to cameras in the past. You had to choose that carrier model. You had to choose that SIM card. You didn't have the flexibility wink, wink of the flex to be able to say, Nope, we moved it here, and now AT&T is a better signal, so let's just fire it up and grab that AT&T signal. It, it, it really, of all, there's a lot to be excited about for the flex. You know, I'm in marketing, and I like my job in marketing, but I don't want to have to work harder at my job than I absolutely have to, and the flex makes my job really easy, because what do you want to talk about with the flex? Because I'm excited to tell you what it does, just about every facet of that camera, because everything, you know, like it or not, doesn't matter what product we're talking about. Marketing people are are trying to maximize the positives and minimize the negatives, and we're always well. Let's talk about this, but let's maybe not talk as much about that. There is nothing that I don't want to talk about with the flex. You want to talk about image quality? It's 33 megapixels. You want to talk about video? Yeah, it's 1080p with sound and it's going to be transmitted to your app. You want to talk about carriers? Great. It's the only dual SIM setup like it in hunting trail cameras. Nobody else has a setup like this. Nobody is making it easy. Like, what do you want to talk about with the Flex? Because I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> this is what, this is your challenge. As, as anybody, anybody out there's challenge, no matter, I don't care if you make trail cameras, or rifles or I don't care hammers make one big mic proof because <laughs> if you've got one that my dad can go out there strap it on a tree and turn it on and walk away and don't call Michael and say hey what's this thing doing this thing what's the matter with it yeah. what's the matter with it this thing ain't sending pictures this this whatever then you've done something and I think with the flex we've done that We've, we've big Mike proofed a trail camera other than running over it with a bush hog or something like that, that he's probably. Yeah. 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 Cause this guy is the one literally he at the farm 
and, and Trent's been to the farm. He's seen my, where my dad lives. Mm -hmm. And the food plot that's right by the house, 200 yards away that you can see off the front porch. He put a trail camera on that food plot one year in October. We found it and remembered he put it there in March. <laughs> mm -hmm. True story. Pull the mm -hmm. car, pull the camera out. Like, Dad, where? I, I mean, I'd been around, but I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know he stuck it right there off the edge of this food plot on the edge of the woods. I'm like, how long has that camera been there? Oh, I forgot I put that there. So we pulled the camera down. Of course, we go back, and the batteries have been dead for a little while. It's, but I will say this: it start, it stopped taking. It was we put it out in October, and it stopped taking pictures like January. So that was pretty solid. Uh -huh. um, thank God. Especially like, the number of pictures it probably took in that spot. That's what I'm saying. Uh -huh. so, uh, thank God he put like a way oversized memory card in it because, you know, he doesn't know what a gigabyte is. And uh, like a 64 gig card in this camera lasts pretty good minutes. So we go back and start checking. I'm like, Dad, look at all these bucks that we should have been hunting right here. And you didn't even know you had a trail camera there. So that being said, well, here we are. Flex time. Yeah, you know, and this might be taking a little step back, but you know, you talk about pulling that card out of that camera, especially in an area where people don't have good cell phone service. Mm -hmm. It amazes me how many people put a card in a camera hanging on a tree and never pull that card out of the camera. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when you pull the card and check it, how many pictures might, especially in a bad cell phone area, be on that card that didn't get transmitted to your app sometimes. Yeah. It, it, it can, it can, especially in a bad cell phone area. Cause it, like I said, you can, any issue that you've had with your cell phone, you can find the corollary with your cell camera. And I know because I've texted both of you from the tree stand and vice versa. We've all sat in a tree stand and we took a picture of something. And I said, Oh, Michael got to see this. And I go to try to send it. And I got that one bar, right. And you send a picture and you get that little blue status bar at the top and it like runs up to like 75%. And then it starts going way slower. And as soon as that blue bar of despair slows down, then your battery meter, like you can almost watch it 85. And apparently holding your cell phone way up in the air doesn't actually change it. <laughs> doesn't actually help. So yeah, you get in a bad, a bad area like that. If you can't stand there and take a picture and send it to a buddy, what are you asking your cell camera to do? Take a picture and send it to its buddy, which is you. So if it's not going to do that, or maybe it will, but it takes a long time. But what's that do? It drains your battery. So you take this camera that you're asking to send pictures out of an area that you know is terrible cell signal. Did you put an external battery on it? Did you try adding a booster antenna to try to get a little stronger signal? No. And then four weeks later, the battery's dead. And again, people want to say, well, this camera's crap. The battery didn't last. All right. Take your iPhone out there, take 62 selfies and try to text them to your buddies and then see how long your iPhone battery lasts. It's not going to last as long as it will in other places. All these corollaries connect to it's the same consideration for your cell cam. Everybody wants to throw, uh, they, you know, raise your hand if your backpack has a little backup battery to be able to recharge your phone because you're sitting there playing Candy Crush while there's no deer around. Everybody takes one, but then they just want to slap eight double A's in a trail camera and leave it out there for six months and have it work fine. It's the same 
guys, it's the same problems. It's the same challenges. You still have to account for the same things. And that means either get better signal. So it's not as big of a drain on the camera to try to find signal or increase your battery capacity so that you can draw it down, but you're pulling from a larger battery. I got a trade off. I got to say something about your battery life there. You know, talking about how people's batteries die so fast. A lot of them have it sending a picture immediately every time it takes a picture. And then they're fussing because their batteries don't last. On a feeder. In Texas. <laughs> with, with 28 does out there at the time. Uh-huh. And, and that's so, another thing that people, like you're hitting on the, you know, the limitations there of expectations. Like, so if you've got your camera, like we set ours on a, like a one minute delay a lot. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of ours are on feeders and food plots and stuff where you get a high amount of traffic. And so even with a setting on one minute like that, if you're in a subjective signal area, especially, it takes it may take more than a minute to send one picture. So it's already taken three or four more pictures before it gets to the chance to send one more picture. So the thing is, when you sit there and you're looking on the app or, or anything, and you, well, man, I'm, I only got 50 pictures. Well, there might be 100 pictures or 150 pictures on that camera, but the app can't get them all. You know, it doesn't, it's either it doesn't it's either that or it, it couldn't, you know, it couldn't take the pictures because the camera is busy doing something. It's right. the settings for trail cameras in general, and and not even just the settings, but choosing all trail cameras, sell or non-sell. All trail cameras not created equal. Okay, so let's take let's take the Link Micro as just with spy point cameras. Take the Link Micro as as test case A, and let's talk about the Link S darkest test case B. Link Micro is a perfectly functional trail camera. Half second trigger speed, which is right in line and faster if you really look at a lot of other cameras. Trigger speed's decent. 10 megapixels, which I'm not blowing these up to 24 by 36 to hang out. Is it a deer? Yes. Got antlers? Yes. Do I want to kill them? Yes. Good. That's great. That's what I needed. 10 megapixels does that. And, and you know, an 80 foot flash detection range, right? Just, just looking at those specs and you compare that to the Link SDAR, 12 megapixels, seven one hundredths of a second trigger speed. So way faster trigger speed and a hundred foot flash detection range. Okay. Which one of, when too many guys aren't thinking about it from the, where am I going to put this trail camera at? Micro is great for having on the, on a feeder. Because you got to go out there to put feedback in the feeder anyway. So running eight double A's, no big deal. You got a half second. Nope. Deer aren't running into a feeder and then turn around and running where you need that trigger speed to wake right up and take photo. But then they'll take that link micro and they'll put it 15 feet off a deer trail perpendicular to the deer trail and wonder why they're only getting pictures of deer butts walking by or they're getting blank screens. Well, first of all, if you're, if you're trail runs like this you don't point your camera facing like right at it you run it up or down at an angle to it so you can use that detection range to get more photos but you put the camera in the right situation a faster trigger speed camera is a better choice for where you're going to have deer on the move trails transition areas that sort of thing where you're expecting deer to come in and mill around a little bit a mineral site a food plot a feeder you can get away with a slower trigger speed and then you get into the settings and yeah, you, there is the option to put cameras, most trail cameras that send cellular uh, photos on an each detection setting. 
I hate the each detection setting. It's a, it's each detection setting can cause a lot of issues. For me, the most important one is you got the little, you can request a photo at next transmission in the app, right? So maybe you haven't got a photo for a couple of days. You want to flip that switch and get, you want to see that the next time that it talks to the camera, I want to see if it's taking a photo and if it will send it. If you're on each detection, you might be 23 hours and 59 minutes from the next scheduled time because it's all, every camera app for spy point has a, a first transmission time in the app. That's like it's automatic manual check in with the app time. But if nothing walks by to detect, it's not going to take a photo. So if I want to change a setting, I might be 24 hours from the next time that's going to talk. I don't want to change a setting the next day. I want to change a setting right now. I typically run my cameras on six or 12 hours, six or um, six or 12 transmissions a day. Where this time of year, I'm gonna put it on six and then about August 1st, August 15th, velvet starts coming off, really start seeing what I'm on, really wanna have a better pattern down. I want those photos to come in every two hours. So I'm gonna get 12 transmissions a day. But I, I do not like the each detection setting. Like you said, it's gonna take a photo and then send it immediately, which is a drain on your battery. And especially, like I said, this time of year, it's a great tool for turkey hunting, but how long turkeys going to mill around a feeder? And you've got it on an instant delay. You're not running a one-minute delay. You've got it taking or sending the photos instantaneously, and you've got it on a two-shot burst. Photo, photo, send. Photo, photo, send. Photo, photo, send. And it's doing that for the 96 minutes that those turkeys are milling around at that feeder. Smoking and then, yeah. your camera. This is what and, just... and then your battery's dead in two and a half weeks and, and you're complaining about battery life on the camera. Well, yeah. Some people need to go back and experience having to go pull a 24 picture roll of film out of a camera and take it to the one hour photo development mm -hmm. and remember how those days were. The same, yep. those same people need to remember, realize there was a day that we didn't have cell phones too because they've never uh -huh. lived without it. So, uh -huh. But speaking of all that that we just mentioned, trail cameras are probably, I would hope in most people's world, they're one of the most used, used tools for success other than having a mm -hmm. you know good gun or a good bow, comfortable tree stand, you know, things like that. Um, because in our history anyway, it, it really has changed the game having a, a cell camera for, for hunting in general. But, you know, that the thing about deer, you can see what deer you have on your property. And, of course, you can see if there's patterns that overlay. Here where we're at, it's, it's the deer are patternable, but that still doesn't make them killable. I mean, it, it you may have that three in the morning buck or whatever. You know he's in the area, but it keeps you fired up about hunting. Um, I'm a firm believer don't just hunt the trail cameras either i mean as great as technology is in the in the range of all these cameras unless you've got 10 cameras around that one acre food plot you're going to miss some deer that's just the way mm -hmm. it is we, we put them in the best areas we can scrapes trails feeders food plots acorn flats whatever but that's deer they can move at night but it's turkey season here very soon for us a few weeks away mm -hmm. that's a game changer for turkey because Turkeys do what they want to do. And when we go turkey hunting and we call to them, we're trying to make them do what we want them to do. And we've always been firm believers of 
if you're where a turkey wants to go, you're the best turkey caller in the woods. By using our trail cameras and the spy points on food plots, even some of the roads that we see they strut down on a daily basis that where they fly off the roost and walk around, um, you know, areas that they come and they're scratching in, oak flats, pine hills, whatever the case may be, it's put us at the right place at the right time a lot, especially after they come off the roost. You can be a really good turkey caller when you have a spy point telling you that that turkey struts down the road at 7.30 every single morning. Right. And where, where I think turkeys are a little bit different than deer is turkeys, turkeys will get on a routine and stay there unless disturbed longer than a deer. Yeah. You might have a deer that does the same thing for a week or 10 days. He doesn't do the same thing for three months. If, if you could isolate a thousand acres and it within that thousand acres, that bird had somewhere to roost, somewhere to scratch and somewhere to strut. He's going to roost and scratch and strut in the same area. The vast majority of the time, far more than he's not. He's going to find the tree that he likes. He's going to find the area that he likes. And until something changes that makes him change that routine, he's going to do, keep doing the same thing. And what, and what and helps? Go ahead, sorry. I just said the, when, when you've got a cell camera that you can take out there and you can monitor that routine without having to go in and glass and push birds and walk and you, know, you, you think you're being sly getting in and out of there you're never as sly as you think you are, but when you have to go pull cards and you wait till three days before season opens. So you check that camera three days in a row, see and make sure you got the right thing. That's three times you're going to the woods. That's three times you're bumping birds. It's just, it's a lot that if there's, you know, if there's one thing that I love about what a cell camera lets me do, it's that I don't have to go be at my hunting property to be at my hunting property. And that's, that's huge for mature deer. It's huge for turkeys in general because it's too easy to bump them off their routine. And, you know, when they go, they don't move the next trail over. They're, they go and they're a mile away because they don't want to get messed with. So it's, it's that ability to get in there, get in there early, get cameras in place. And if you, especially if it's a place you've hunted, like if – Sometimes not having them on camera is almost as good as having them on camera. If you are familiar with the farm or the birds at all, where deer, that's not the case. If you don't have deer on camera, who knows? But you can narrow down where a turkey might want to be a lot easier, I think, most often than you can, um, than you can deer. So even when you don't have birds on camera, you know where that camera probably should be. And unlike deer, you show up first thing in the morning and you throw a couple crow calls out there or a hoot owl out there, you don't know how close you, your guess was anyway. And you can, you can pivot and adjust really quickly. So those, those cell cams really let you stay out of an area a lot better um, than otherwise. And that's, and that's the thing I think um, from our standpoint, it, it helps you be more successful because it, like you said, it helps you not mess up some because if you've got a turkey on camera at, you know, an hour before dark every day, you know, you don't need to be in there. You know, we know where he's going to be. He's going to be roosted right there. 
So you, like you said, either need to get in there really early when it's dark, or you don't go don't go in that area from that way. Right. Because we, you know, on our property, we've got a couple different ways we can get to some places. So instead of taking this road that, hey, we may walk right under this bird on the roots or really really close, and if we're fudging on daylight just a hair, he can mm-hmm. get us. We can slip around, get in front of him. He never know we're in the world, and when he flies down and does his thing. Boom, we're set up, we got the decoys out, and he comes right on in because, oh, somebody's in my bedroom now, and they weren't there yesterday. Right. Makes it a lot easier. Well, and that's talking about that. <laughs> on the place we hunt here in Florida, you know, youth season starts this coming Saturday, and right now all of my pictures look like the turkeys are coming right down the road that we normally would walk in. So they're roosting somewhere right over that road. So we're looking at ways to come in from the backside to get in the blind mm-hmm. to be sitting there without walking under birds. And that's the same yeah. thing. Like I got a piece of property here by the house that I just got for turkey hunting. And uh, I, I don't have any long beards on camera right now, but I've got a ton of jakes and a big group of hens, which they're still kind of grouped up, which is a little bit surprising for right now. So either the, and the, and there's a river that's the property line. So either the gobblers are flying down on the other side of the river and not coming over on that side yet. They will. I got hens. They're going to be there. You got a so, bunch of girls over there. He's going to be there eventually. But otherwise, you know, if I haven't had my cameras out to see what's over there, I could be sitting over there and go ahead and, you know, be set up somewhere waiting on daylight and then realize, oh, these are Jake's that's been in here every day. Mm-hmm. You know, because you see where they're scratching around in the pine straw and everything walking up and down these roads. All right, and I'm nothing wrong with shooting a Jake if that's what you want to do, but I mean, I'd rather not if I don't have to. But now I can go in there and I need to know, okay, I don't need to go sit down on the sign and be patient like I do when I can sit down and listen for one gobble. Because, see, now I know if I sit there until 10 o'clock, that's just been Jake's coming in there. There haven't been a long beard yeah. in there yet. So now I can figure out another approach. So it's just the more information you have to go on through cell cameras telling you a little fraction of the story, You've already got a guess to where to be in the game. Um, we, you kind of touched on the edge of something there and, you know, talk to a lot of guys about their trail cameras and they, you know, they hear where, where I work and what I do and they want to share trail camera photos or, or, you know, we talk about trail camera strategy and the number of guys that get frustrated when they don't have bucks on camera by like August 1st. And uh, we got one property, for instance, that, I'm almost concerned if I do, because how often, I mean, it's happened to you guys. It's happened to me. You, you start hunting a ghost, you start hunting a deer that showed up on trail camera one time as he was passing through in late August and you never see that deer again. You're, you're clearly not in his bedroom or you'd have had 400 photos of him, not one, but even those bucks that you, you've got cameras on their bedroom, like, especially here i'm northeast indiana and you don't have big pieces of property anymore there aren't five and six and eight hundred acre tracks that you can hunt you got 20 acres here and 65 over here and 15 acres there no deer's living on that all the time it's not big enough and i start getting nervous when i have good reliable summer photos of a buck because he's not going to be there but then i got another spot that last year it was the earliest we had had a buck on that property 
with any regularity and he showed up for the second time the first week of august and it's we never have but there's three doe groups that use that as their core bedding area so do you know what we have show up come november bucks don't see them all year knowing good and well that the guy hunting a half a half a section over watch that buck all year long and he's thinking yep can't wait gun season gets here i watched him all summer he's not there in november he's where the girls are and the does don't move around nearly like the bucks i'm way more excited as a hunter and as a trail camera guy when i get to august 1st and i'm like that there's three mature does there's two yearlings and then there a couple of I got three or four reliable doe groups that are using a property. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That third week of October rolls around. I know where I'm going to be. And that's where those does are living because they're not moving. They're not changing. And I, you know, you see guys get frustrated with the lack of bucks on their trail cameras. And to me, especially if you've got a small piece to hunt, having no deer is bad. But if you've got does and no bucks, especially on a small piece, smile smile and nod because you're in a way better situation to be able to put put you know your tag on something than you probably think you are especially if you're kind of new to it and just getting into it and not I'm trying to figure out what this is all about i love those dope pictures mm-hmm. love them love them love them because i know yep. what that means come october and november yeah we got spots that are the same way like you can run trail cameras all summer in early bow season get into october uh, does, 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 group of five, six does, whatever, couple here, couple there. But then plus you get to that November mark, oh, there he is. There's there's this guy, there's mm-hmm. this guy, there's this guy. And then they just show up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't shoot them, they stay there, get, get through the late season, they get through that secondary rut, then they disappear again. But guess what? Mm-hmm. They're going to come back next, the end of next October, early November, and they'll be right back in there doing the same thing again. And it may be I the love- neighbor's bucks, but I don't care. Don't he's only the neighbors until he's on my wall mm-hmm. and that and that's i killed you know everybody thinks oh you're a marketing guy in the hunting industry so all you do is run around and hunt all the time i wish that was the case uh but i i did take a really nice deer two years ago and that it was that situation i've got him i i taped him he's five eight short of 180 everybody's shooting that deer we had four trail cameras four cellular trail cameras on a 60 acre property for eight months and had one picture of that buck Uh but he's dead now and i killed him because the opening day of our firearm season the middle of november he was coming in to check the main thicket the main doe bedding area and on a string right to it exactly like you wanted it to go down it it will come together that way and that wasn't that same year we had on a different farm we had a deer that i i wish we could find a, a shed because i've got the trail cam that one trail camera picture that i've got of the deer that i killed and i've taped him just shy of 180 and i've got trail camera pictures of this other deer and you compare the pictures i don't see how this other deer doesn't make it to 200 inches free range indiana whitetail and we had 400 photos of him from september through february we had daylight photos of him running does during the rut couldn't get on him like it just it there's no rhyme or reason to it there's and for me i 
I love getting them on camera as much as I do killing them because I just don't have the time to hunt like I would like to. But being able to put a pattern on that deer and, and have it like we did, I'd obviously rather kill him than have a bunch of photos of him. But having those photos is still, like I said, it was the same year. You got one photo of a 180 and 400 photos of a 200 incher. The 180 is the one that's dead. And, uh, you yeah, know, you a lot of times it, it doesn't get presented that, you know, everybody has to have, oh, I've been watching this deer for three years on trail cameras and I got four sets of sheds and I like all, that whole, nope, nope, none of that. And, and, and that's matters. fine and dandy, but if you never get to shoot that deer, then all it is is a cool story, bro. Mm-hmm, 100%. And Michael well, hit on that earlier about, you know, hunting cameras. I, I love getting a picture of a big deer on camera because it makes me want to get in the woods, but you can't say I ain't going because I ain't got his picture lately because that don't mean he ain't still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've shot a 100%. couple deer in the last two years here that literally have gotten a picture of that buck that morning and killed him that afternoon. When they, when they get locked in there that t- right time of the year, they're in that area and the weather's right, you know, the conditions are there, they're, they're going to they're gonna show up. You just got to be there. That's the key, and – the trail uh-huh. camera situation just lets you know what's there and hopefully when you're there they'll show up and we, we probably should do another podcast closer to deer season on just this kind of topic 100 mm-hmm. percent. deer strategies deer strategies right now we just wanted to address the issues in the trail camera world of common mistakes that people make and they try to blame the companies and it's not the company's fault it's your fault get out there do these things that trent said check these things out the batteries the memory cards the updates Excuse me, that's 80% of the problem. Like, simple as that. And and if it's one of those remaining 20% problems, reach out to customer service. Good gosh, I've been drinking too much water while we've been recording. Now i got a burp. <laughs> Welcome to live podcast. But <laughs> check out those things. Um, use these things as tools. I think the biggest thing you said that people can learn from what we've talked about for the last hour is – Treat that thing like it is your cell phone that you use in your hand. It could be mm-hmm. waterproof and all that. It needs charging. It needs updating. And it needs a little bit of TLC from time to time. And we treat trail cameras like a hammer. You put them in the woods yep. and expect them to work all the time. Yep. So that's it in a nutshell, guys. What y'all think? If you can't learn from, from listening to this podcast, maybe you should buy books instead. <laughs> Appreciate you having me on guys. And that, like I said, it, I, I'll, I'll say it again, just, you know, yes, I, obviously I'm with spy point. So those will all work for spy point, but if you don't use spy point, that's fine. But don't, I don't want to see anybody bashing any other cellular trail camera brand that's out there because they're not doing their part. Do your part first. Yeah. And whether you choose somebody else's brand or not, you know, use them well and use them right. And, and you, those, those three things are, those aren't spy point tips. That's cell cam tips in general. If you're doing those three things, you're going to have a lot more success. And with Michael, that, Michael said about a book, you know, if only you guys would put a little book in the package that had a lot of this information <laughs> in it, you know. You know what, Kevin, I'm in marketing, but that's a really good idea. I think I'm going to bring that up at our next meeting. These things, I think there, oh, might be, there might be something there. These, these things that say instructions on it that's written on that we throw package. away with yeah, the package usually. first thing you do throw that away and don't read it that's what mm-hmm. we do so perfect well but trent with all that being said bud thanks for coming on what what's the timeline on the flex camera rollout for everybody that listens 
later this summer we'll have them out in time for you to be able to get them in the woods for this year uh summer you know everybody's still dealing with trying to figure out exact timelines of a little bit of everything but uh, we're pretty confident that that uh, come middle of summer uh you'll be able to go to your your sporting goods store of choice or the website and pick those up and uh you know to learn more about the flex obviously you can go to spypoint.com slash flex you can check out the rest of everything else at, at spypoint and uh, of course you know i'll, I'll self-plug us we got project spypoint there all of our blogs and podcasts and videos there as well and uh, Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Spy Point Camera and just search Spy Point on Facebook and you can find us there and, and keep up with the latest from us. And even if you're not getting pictures of big bucks on trail cameras, we'll share other people so you can live vicariously through them. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, I do recommend everybody follow uh, Spy Point on social media out that you can see all these updates. These Trent and the team are great about putting out content and you know, from other people's picks to enjoy to tips and techniques and their podcasts and videos and everything. It's, it's a huge resource for information out there. And I uh, appreciate you being on, bud. Kevin, what, what, what you got to go, um, you got to go to your male dancing job down there in Florida, right? Ain't that what you got next yeah. day? <laughs> yeah. We've already seen that fail miserably right now. Didn't we, Trent? Yeah. I, there's a reason Kevin's on the lunch shift. they don't know when they don't know when we're recording this but kevin's going to be that lunch shift dancer yep maybe breakfast they may be moving to that Uh uh-huh promotion yeah i've seen me without my shirt on nobody else needs to (laughs) onlyfans.com slash kevin (laughs) look it up i'm not looking that up never because if it ain't that kevin it's another and i don't want to see either one of them (laughs) good answer Trent. thanks for being on this week all right guys i hope hope the rest of the week goes great for you guys and um we'll catch up for deer season we'll do this again probably later in the summer and we'll, we'll we'll nail it down on some true techniques to find those bucks and where to put your cameras and stuff and always a pleasure Trent. sounds good appreciate it guys thanks See y'all. I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. We appreciate all of you out there that hop on and download and listen to us all over the web and on your mobile devices, everywhere out there. We appreciate every one of you. Hope you got something out of this episode from our good buddy Trent at Spy Point. Super guy, extremely smart guy, and um, just one of those guys that he's our go-to for knowledge of things that we know about and we don't know about. I want to thank Trent for being on there. Y'all, please check out Spy Point Cameras. And as always, go to backwoodslife.com for all your needs from the backwoods. Thanks for listening.